Welcome to Unanonymous Podcast. I'm Bailey. And this is Yanni. Uh, so Yanni, how are you? I am doing great. I know that it's been a while and we're terrible people, but you know, life comes up and we are still going to try to be as consistent as possible. How are you, yes. Bailey? I'm pretty good. I just hit my two-year sobriety. What? When? Yes, March March 5th. Sorry, March 5th. March 5th. Just casually dropping that you, like, are two years sober. Okay. Yeah. How does so, it feel? Holy shit. It went so fast. It went so fast. So, uh, yeah. yeah. What would you say, like, when you think of March 5th two years ago, how, so, like, you were versus, like, March 5th? in 2019. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. If you had told me on March 5th, 2017, that the decision that day to not drink for 100 days was going to put me to the place where I am today, I would not have believed it. I would not have thought that my life could be this good sober. Mm. That mm-hmm. is some shit. What? Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm like low-key mad that you just like casually dropped it uh, <laughs> I'm terrible on social media but I'm just like what the hell that's amazing yeah oh, I love sober birthdays it's like sobriety dates are like you tell the few of my favorite birthdays yes um, so it's just like yeah it's always such a party which is like yeah. so funny because it's like the contrary of a party. But like, yeah, it's always so exciting to hear that people are able to make those milestones because, yeah, like you said, you know, two years ago, um, and for me, it's coming to four years. I would have been mm-hmm. like, bitch, what? Four years sober? Like, not even a thing. Like, I need my look. So, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's very, very exciting. So yay, Bailey. Send Bailey some love and some congratulations on her sober birthday. And it's her sober birthday month. And so that's fucking awesome. Well, so, thank you. Yeah. Yay. Okay. So Bailey, what's one thing that's been coming up for you in terms of, oh yeah, friends, we're trying out something new. Um, so we're going to be talking about one thing that's come up around our sobriety during the week and then going into the topic. And the reason for mm-hmm. this is because, yeah, we're both sober, but shit comes up and, you know, whether it be good, bad, or just things that we notice. And so, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. So what's one thing that's come up for you uh, this week around your sobriety? Um, well, so it's related to the two-year sobriety thing. So I did post on social media that I had been sober for two years. And I, you know, how on Instagram, on the gram, they let people like submit questions to you or whatever. So yeah. I, yeah, I was like, do you have, like, I just put it out there. Does anyone have any questions about being young and sober? Like, uh, hit me up. So I, it was interesting. I, I got not a ton of questions, but a lot of questions on the sort of, how to get started or like how what is it like basically and how do we do this and it Mm -hmm. was making me think of the article um that we posted on social media a couple weeks ago from the chef at joe beef who was talking about how he got sober too and and how he was kind of like scared about what that meant um for his life. And I think that was the biggest thing on March 5th, the day that I decided to get sober in 2017, 
I was like, what does this actually mean for my life? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I do this? And that's why I listened to a whole bunch of podcasts on mm-hmm. how to actually do it. Mm-hmm. That is so, so. cool. So yeah. people are just like, how, like, where do you begin? Like, what does that even look like? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which, like, yeah. And so for you, you begin at starting with just like 100 days being like, I'm only going to do this motherfucker for for, I'm going to swear a lot today, y'all, because I just feel yeah. it in my spirit. I'm passionate today. So you Love said, that. okay, 100 days, I'm going to be sober. That is what I'm doing. And then you had an app that was helping you track it. Mm-hmm. Bailey, I'm asking all the questions. How was like yes. day one? Like, how was the first night? Well, that, yeah, I do remember. Um, I had driven back from Toronto that day. So I, because the the night that I like that spurred this all off was my sister's birthday celebration two years ago. And I left my dad's house that morning just feeling like so awful on so many levels. Like I physically was sick. I felt shitty because my dad's house was a mess and I was too sick to help him clean it up. And I just like needed Mm. to get home and I was ashamed of myself. And I just like, I just had so many bad feeling. So yeah, the whole drive back, I listened to recovery elevator podcast and like listened to all these people describe how I was feeling and being like, I didn't think I had a problem, but I just decided to stop. And Mm -hmm. that was exactly how I felt. So day one that night, going to bed that night, I felt like, okay, I have a solution here, but I didn't know if I could stick with it. So. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what about the next day? Then the next day was okay, but I physically felt better that day. And then it was that night after work that I realized I was like, what am I going to do? If I'm not going to drink wine in front of the TV, yeah. do I watch TV and drink tea? Like, what am, what am I supposed to do with myself now? Uh-huh. So. So that was that was an interesting night too. Wow. Okay. And then two um, years later, what did you do last night, Bailey? <laughs> what did I do last night? Last night I went. Yeah. Last night I went to spin okay. class. Of course you did. What a three sixty. <laughs> and from what I know, Bailey, you don't do exercise. You're not out in the streets here doing this exercise business. So no. Me, this is amazing. Okay. Cool. You went to spin yeah. I went to spin class. So it's interesting. Yeah. the And the stuff that I did to fill the time when I first got sober isn't necessarily the stuff I do now to fill the time. Um, I, that, that first couple of weeks, I just wrote, like I wrote like 30 personal essays about sobriety in that time. Are you going to publish them? <laughs> I like sometimes I want to. And sometimes I'm like, is this just navel gazing? Like, I, I don't know. I can't decide if it's useful yet. Mm, that's real. So. Yeah, real. There's a lot of recovery lit out there that I'm like, I don't know if this is helpful or not, you know? Mm, that's true. So what's been on your mind this week about sobriety? Listen, so um, it's definitely not been a rosy posy um, a week in terms of like emotions and whatnot. And I think what's really... Uh, realistic about becoming sober is that we're going to have days where we feel like, you know, damn, like, um, 
not that I'd ever want to drink again because that's not the goal but of like Mm -hmm. anything at all but that like yeah it was a pretty hard week and so um and hard in the sense that like I have a lot of different things going on right now and um you know I when I get really stressed or have anxiety I'm just like ah you know and I was Mm -hmm. lying in bed on Sunday sore as hell because I had danced for like four hours because I'm part of this dance intensive program right now and like I was just thinking about the fact that in any other circumstance i.e like four years ago I would have been like on my way home from dance I would have picked up a bottle of wine to like Mm -hmm. de-stress and like probably would have gotten drunk and then woke up the next morning and had like uh, an emotional roller coaster, or woke up the next morning and mm-hmm. drank, and drank again. And so I was just thinking about how, um, I guess, having like a remember when of like the coping strategies and how much they've shifted, and mm-hmm. just that like that moment of recognition that like yeah, things are shitty, uh, and not shitty. Things are stressful. Things are actually really good but I'm under a lot of stress as per usual Mm -hmm. um and that it's okay uh and that like that split second when my brain was like oh yeah I used to do this to cope was like oh yeah you don't need to do that anymore to cope and so Mm -hmm. yeah just like a, a real uh a real um a reality that like despite being in sobriety that um the brain sometimes shifts that yeah some days I'm like oh yeah that was my coping strategy and it's like okay cool that's not what I'm gonna do anymore as opposed to like early sobriety where I'd harp on it and be like oh my god I'm a terrible person for thinking about drinking when I'm stressed when it's like no, mm. a normal response so yeah that's what's on my plate that's what's I, that's what I've been thinking about and um also I've been thinking about like yeah thinking about like parties and sober parties so mm, really random, but a topic for another day. So Bailey, yeah. what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about hashtag sober bride. Okay. Right. So for those of you that don't know, Bailey, just getting murdered, not married, but murdered, um, <laughs> which is super exciting. Um, and uh, if you go to her Instagram, uh, you'll see the lovely ring and the, also the lovely um, gums and teeth, uh, aka smile. Um, so congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, and uh, yeah, we've talked about how getting married uh, requires a moment of pause because it's like, listen, I've been part of some weddings and let me tell you about how I cannot stand uh and I probably shouldn't say this, but how it's challenging sometimes because weddings are so alcoholic centric. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought we'd dive into that. And so first things first, Bailey, are you going to have a sober wedding? No, I am not going to have a sober wedding. Ah! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there is going to be champagne. Mm-hmm. There is going to be drinks. I did say no shots. Shots, 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 shots. It can be green juice shots. Yes. Okay. Wheatgrass shots for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's going to be alcohol at my wedding. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about that decision process and, you know, some of the 
the things that led up to that, did you feel, and I'll be asking Bailey most of the questions because she's the one that's getting married. <laughs> well, and we can talk about your, your hypothetical wedding. You can, you can talk about if you had a wedding. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So Bailey, how was the conversation with your boo around, do we do this completely dry uh, or do we um, have some drinks? What did that look like? Yeah. So I guess really there wasn't, there wasn't a conversation and I do know some, some other sober folks who have had to have this conversation sort of more. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance and I did not have the conversation. I never, but I also kind of knew just with the way that my family is, mm-hmm. there was not ever going to be a sober wedding. Like it wasn't, that wasn't going to be a thing that I could propose to people and they were going to be like, oh, cool. Like, I think my family would have been like, yeah, no, you're not, you're not doing that. (laughs) Which makes my family sound really unsupportive. Um, And I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like that's necessarily a fair assessment of them, but they definitely like, they would find it strange. Like, and my dad, my dad was like, as soon as I was telling him about the venue and stuff, he was like, okay, hon, have them send me a wine list. And I was like, I think we might have to send them a check or something first. Like, I don't know. He was like, well, I need to see what the wine list is. And I was like, okay. So, so yeah. So I think, yeah, we didn't. And, and my, my fiance does drink and would want to drink. And I think even he would be like, not wanting to have a sober wedding. I'll, and again, that might not even be fair. I don't know. We never talked about it. He might be like, I would totally have a sober wedding, but I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, which really brings up an interesting point, um, around the fact that often people will think, oh, because you're sober, everyone else around you is going to be like, no drinking when in fact, uh, that's not the case at all. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. My partner drinks, my family drinks at Christmas time at any type of social gathering. There's liquor everywhere. When I'm with my mm-hmm. friends, there's liquor everywhere. It's just this, like, nobody pressures me to drink. It's just like, Yami doesn't drink. And I'm sitting there with my, you know, um, tonic water and lime or, you know, as we talked in previous episodes, I may have like a non-alcoholic wine or something there, but like, I never mm-hmm. have the desire to drink. And so I'm like, even thinking about the opportunity to have like mocktails and like also have like a, um, a what call it, a element of your wedding that doesn't include alcohol, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's room for that as well, which I think is really cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally I think that like that's the thing is like I my wedding will be sober but it also will recognize and equally center sobriety Mm -hmm. to you know what I mean like because I have friends who don't I have lots of friends who don't drink and who have just never drank and it's just their their choice not to drink and I have friends um yeah that that will just like that are pregnant and stuff. So I think it'll be good to have a wedding that like isn't necessarily a sober wedding, but also like isn't just a drunk shit show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I've also been to weddings for. So I don't know. My Also, my wedding is starting at 6.30 p.m. at night. So like I feel like there's a 
sometimes what happens at weddings is people have a cocktail hour and then the dinner becomes late and then people are just drinking because there's no food and it's like, then it gets a bit messy, you know? Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it, do you think if you got married, would you have a sober wedding or um, what are you thinking? Honestly, I would say yes. Uh, just because like, I'm one of those, like, listen, for people who are coming to my wedding, because like culturally, we always have stragglers, right? And so mm. I told my parents, I said, if I ever get married, I told my partners in the past that like, people need to know what my favorite color is. They need to know what type of pearls I like. They need to know <laughs> um, that my favorite flower is the black rose. So I'm like, there's all sorts of questionnaires that people are going to need to do before they get into the door. Because I told my parents, I don't want no stragglers at my wedding. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that I definitely probably would want it sober, but what I would, um, you know, I actually shit, I don't know. I don't it's know. Hard. Yeah, it's hard so part of me said, yeah, I want a completely sober wedding. Um, and then people, I would just like get really nifty. Yeah. And creative with the drinks. Right. And so I think that that is probably the trajectory I'd go um, and over and like the trajectory I'd take it. I, I mean, like, I also want to get married in like the woods barefoot with like mm. served. So yeah, you know, my threshold, <laughs> my threshold is like, yeah, I'm a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> People are not going to be coming to a traditional wedding. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think that I would probably lean towards having a sober wedding and like whoever comes is just going to have to motherfucking deal or put a Mickey in your car and handle your business. Make some round trips. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, my current partner I, is, is like, if it were ever to happen, we we definitely don't. Uh, we, we can have a sober wedding. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's beautiful. I think it it's like it also is about like who is this wedding for, mm-hmm. right? And as I've started wedding planning, I've learned quickly the wedding is not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems to have nothing to do with me. Um, but I think that's just a, a boundary that you make for yourself, right? And I, yeah, 100%. so and I'm a Scorpio, so everything's about me. I'm like, <laughs> love me, love me, and like love me more. Get away from me but love me. So right. yeah, all of the things. So what about, um, okay, so the wedding's not going to be sober. What about um, your bachelorette party? So that's another interesting piece too, right? Because everyone's like, they want you to be so wasted at your bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even even when I drank, I was... I, it was never that appealing to me to like turn into a sloppy mess on my bachelorette. And I once had a friend who was quite funny um, on her bachelorette. She was like, I want the men of Ottawa to be sad that I'm off the market, not glad. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a, a funny way of looking at it. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I think probably for a bachelorette, what I'll do is just a one night kind of spa thing and people if they want to drink wine with dinner or whatever they can but there's not going to be going out and dancing and going to the club and like all that stuff okay cool yeah yeah have you ever been a bachelorette as someone in sobriety 
Um, I have. I okay. went to my first bachelorette last year, sober. Okay. Um, and it was it was good. I was the only sober one though, and that was like, I mean, there were varying degrees of drunk, but I was the only one who was like actively not drinking. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Um, well, so I like, I find probably one of the biggest impacts of being sober in situations like that is that I just want to go home way earlier than everybody else does because I'm not fueled by alcohol. So like at one o'clock I was exhausted and this was in Blue Mountain. So it was like a ski chalet town kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I only went for one night, not the whole weekend, which I think was a good decision on like looking back. I'm glad that that's what I did. Um, and yeah, we went out and it was fun, but it was just like, I was ready to go home at like way earlier than everyone else. So I just did. I was like, I'm going to go now. And there was another person there who came with me, but, um, yeah, I was like, okay, (laughs) I, I have maxed out of this now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I just sort of, when that happens to me, a fair amount in sobriety. So I just sort of opted out and left. Mm-hmm. Not like an angry way where I was like, I'm leaving this party, but just in a way of, I was like, I hit my max here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's real. Yeah. I've definitely been to a bachelorette party as someone that's sober. And um, yeah, it was definitely not easy. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it was actually really fucking shitty. Um, and I kind of made a vow not to be a bridesmaid after that because I found that there was like no acknowledgement of uh, creating space uh, for sobriety and even like like continuously offering substance, even though I was like, no, I, I don't drink. Um, mm. That was kind of frustrating. Um, but then uh, one of my best friends uh, got married. Uh, last September and it was like a pseudo dry wedding because like she's Muslim and so she was like Mm. I'm not having my parents mad so she had like a little stash away but like alcohol wasn't visible Um, Mm. like the toast was like with I don't know I think it was with like apple juice or something random like that but and that was totally cool and like there was no pressure there so I've kind of come around and I'm gonna be a bridesmaid again uh, in September and so she's super conscious of it and was like, what do we need to do uh, to make it accessible for you? And I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm good now. Like, though that was early sobriety. And so that's uh, when I was, you know, I had never done it before. Right. So I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, everyone's hammered. There's a stripper. And I'm just like here sober and taking care of everyone. Right. And that's how it kind of felt. And so, Yeah. For folks who are listening that potentially are planning on hosting a wedding and are not sober, but have sober people in their lives, like being super mindful of creating space uh, for for people who, you know, have uh, want to like not use substances at a wedding. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like, like that was like your your friend, you know, just asking. Like, I think that's. It goes so far when there's something for me to drink in a room besides water, (laughs) you know, like 
you've really like, I feel so much more included and like bonus points if it's non-alcoholic champagne or non-alcoholic, like now, well, we talked about this in our last episode, how many options there are that aren't alcoholic now that are still fun and jazzy. Like, and I think that's, that's interesting. Cause you know how sometimes like at weddings, they'll do like a his and hers cocktail mm-hmm. thing. I was thinking like at my wedding, I would totally do, um, uh, my like the hers cocktail and that's quite heteronormative but for mm-hmm. the hers cocktail I would love to do like a like a mocktail and not even tell people it's non-alcoholic like I'm tempted to just serve them the seed lip and be like you are still having fun and you don't even know that you're sober mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's you right. know that is like I love it because they're gonna be like drinking it acting drunk and you're like actually you're not (laughs) you're not you're just having fun in your real life right now you're having fun feeling everything (laughs) yeah yeah so I think that's totally cool and there's this article that I found that talks about um five tips for being for staying sober at weddings um and it's on ravishly and it talks Mm. about the first thing being that the only concerned with what is or isn't in your glass is you which is like mm-hmm. somewhat true um, that like most people are like doing their own things at weddings. And so for someone who is due to sobriety or like, you know, has um, challenges in social settings with substances or just like is like us, right? Um, that's mm-hmm. a reminder that like most people are not really thinking about what's going on with us. Uh, and that generally there's always a sober person. And so for my friend's wedding, I brought a sober date, uh, which was mm. dope. And like they were there with me to watch all the debauchery. Yes. Um, and like, that's such a good idea. <laughs> sober date is such a good idea. Yeah, bring somebody. And like also know that like you're allowed to leave whenever you want right? Like, mm-hmm. I know it's terrible to leave weddings early. I've done it before in the past where I'm like, okay, I gotta go. It's like just a re it's like a reality that like, no one's forcing you to be there. And like, despite the fact that you may be there for like a particular reason, if you do leave, because it's like really hard or challenging for you that like, if the wedding, if the people who are in the wedding party, like they'll understand, right? Totally. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, also just like remembering to have fun. And like you said, there's like multiple ways to have fun at weddings because someone's auntie took someone's uncle and like there's mm-hmm. always some sort of drama that's like super exciting, right? So we'll post this uh, article as well um, for you folks uh, so that you can check it out. Do yeah. because um, Any suggestions in terms of like things that you're thinking about? Well, one thing I'm thinking about um, also is sort of the destination wedding thing. Oh, okay. Which Shit. is an, an intersection of a sober vacation and a sober wedding. Yeah. You know, being a sober person at a destination wedding, especially if it's at an all-inclusive, is kind of an interesting thing that I'm thinking about um, because I was just on a, on an all-inclusive vacation too and the place where I was, it was really nice because it didn't actually have a disco. Like you could dance later at night, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like being at like spring breakers, you know, like it was a, it was a resort that, and the reason that my family picked that resort is because I'm sober and they, 
they were like really aware of that. And so there was like yoga all the time to do and smoothies and like there was a real sort of health vibe there, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting. So I would think too, like if you were a sober person planning an all-inclusive wedding or if you were going to if you're not a sober person and you're and you're asking sober people to come to your destination wedding thinking about that too that for not for everybody on like all of your guests may not want to just be there for a seven day bender yeah totally and like another article that i found that talks about this is um destination weddings <laughs> tips for, <laughs> for wedding guests and they nice. say like one of the things that is really super um key is to plan so know what you're getting yourself into know what the itinerary is and so you Mm. can be able to plan accordingly in terms of your expectations and be like Mm -hmm. okay I want to like you know engage in this or not um and like similar to the other stuff that we talked about right like being able to set boundaries bringing someone with you that's sober and like Mm -hmm. you're on a destination like if you're at a resort I'm going to one on April 4th so I'm really excited uh but I'm about to like do yoga and chill I'm like I'm not going to be going to the late night parties and I know that can be hard but there's I find at resorts and I don't know if you agree there's ways that you can like easily exit out no totally I agree and that was like yeah that was that was something that came up so for the most part this resort that I was at wasn't a big party but one night that I was there Mm um a, a new like big group arrived and they were actually there for a destination wedding. So the first night they were going like so hard and I hadn't really seen very many drunk people at this resort, but when they arrived, I was like, Oh, these people are wasted. And they were doing karaoke. And it was, it was like, my sister loves karaoke. So we were there cause my sister wanted to do karaoke and I had to leave. I like the, the other people were too drunk and rambunctious. And I was just like, Nope, this is my, this is my limit. I love you. I love hearing you sing, but I cannot be here for this. So I just went and sat in like the lounge area and chilled till my family was done with the karaoke. And then we all went to bed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, but it was like, it was exactly that. It was like, I just was like, Oh, this is, this is my limit. This is too annoying. And then yeah, like I think what's good about resorts is that there's always so many different spaces to Mm -hmm. be in. That you can enter, exit as you feel like you need to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that what I'm get- gathering is that, like, there's possibility. And especially if you're new to sobriety, it could feel really scary. But that there's lots of people who have gone through something like this. And that, like, there's lots of resources. But ultimately, you have to put you first, right? And for brides, mm-hmm. like, you get to decide I'd like mm-hmm. nobody could fucking judge you for wanting to have alcohol or substances at your wedding if you're sober. Like that is mm-hmm. not cool at all. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there's possibilities. So are you? Do you know if you're going to be getting married in the winter or in the summer? I think I'm going to get married in the summer. Okay. It's going to be August. Okay. So so yeah so it's gonna be hot (laughs) but everything will be inside oh that's nice I know I wanted to snow on my wedding day like wow really yeah I do (laughs) I want to be like a magical princess 
Oh, that's beautiful. I know. I told you earlier that I wanted to, to be outside and for me to be barefoot. And now I want it in the winter. I totally get the juxtaposition and how contradictory <laughs> it is. I know. But uh, yeah, so you want like- But a- you're a Scorpio. I am. So. Right? Let me <laughs> Don't judge me. Uh, so you know that you want it to be during the summer. So that's that's optimal, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So- I mean, I think the other question for me is like, am I going to drink at the wedding? Am I going to like toast with champagne and just have like a sip of champagne? Am I going to have a glass of champagne? Am I going to not have anything? Like that is an internal debate for me Mm. where I go back and forth. So, but like, and that's, that's what's part of it, right? Is like part of sobriety is always, for me anyway, like always telling myself, I don't actually need to be sober. I'm totally in control. And then, then I remembered, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am not in control of my drinking, mm-hmm. which is why I'm sober in the first place. So, so anyway, it's an interesting, like, like it is a conversation that I have with myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's, you know, I love it. I love the realness of it because it just goes to show that we're human, right? And that we're constantly yeah. thinking about, or like in conversation about what we want to do next and like that it's not so black and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I like to, to bring myself back to reality. I'll I'll, like, I will think about how many times I woke up blackout on the nights that I intended to not party very hard and like how ashamed I would be if I did that on my wedding night, (laughs) you know, like I, always bring myself back to that place so then I'm like yeah so you don't need to toast with champagne (laughs) you know but it yeah it's a it's a constant conversation well I'm glad that we were able to kind of hash out some ideas around what sober weddings can look like and that there's tons of resources out there Mm -hmm. um, that people can change their mind and that um part of what we always talk about Um, in our episodes, it's like coming from a harm reduction model, right? So it's not judging people if they do decide to drink, right? Yeah. Um, But allowing them to make the decision to do it in the safest way possible for them. So, I mean, on that note, uh, congratulations again. And I want to, I want to talk about in an episode, um, what it would look like uh, to host a sober bachelorette party and like I don't know maybe we could use you as a test case Bailey to look at like (laughs) actually like me interviewing you about like what activities you're gonna have like what it's gonna look like like all of those pieces yeah for sure and my sister is the one who's planning it and she's not sober so we can always bring her ask her what it was like yeah and say like what was it like planning for your sober sister oh what what she didn't even know yeah. I'm gonna hit her I friggin love it well <laughs> thanks so much for listening everybody yes um, thank you and so we are going to post the articles up uh that looks at sober weddings and send your congratulations to Bailey and send my raggedy ass some hope and faith because I'm another bridesmaid um <laughs> <laughs> And so until next time, 
Thank you. And yeah, next time. And also, if you have any sober wedding tips, let oh, us know. Shit. Yeah, tell us. Tell In us. the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Yemi. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unanonymous Podcast. You can send us an email at unanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at unanonymousp, on Instagram at unanonymous underscore project. And our intro music is by acceleratedideas.com and it's called Fade Away. Fade Away.